0: How you doing? Are you quietened? Is your soul quietened this morning So we come before him? Amen. Who can tell me what day it is on the Christian calendar? Sunday. Who said Sunday? Yeah, yeah, very good. Sarah, I no, you said it right. Pentecost. It's Pentecost Sunday this morning. Truly, 50 days since Easter. Ah. Uh, um. Yeah, I just wanted to commend B for what she did this morning, huge effort, and um, actually so far there's been a lot in this service that you may not have picked up on, but I'd have because I know what I'm about to share on, um, to do with the power of God and the power of God that arrived on Pentecost. And um, you're going to see in a moment how it all weaves together, Um, but to see uh, what B just did here, which I I tried for years to get B up here, could never do it, but it was only the power of God in her life that takes her on, amen? And um, the people in Sri Lanka that we heard of this morning, um, they have a great hope and it's not in the charity of the world around them, the great hope is in Jesus and it's going to be the power of God that is displayed in and through their life at this time, that they are going to turn to him. And that's, it's the power of Pentecost. It's the power of the Emmanuel, of God coming and being with us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit being evident in our world. Who's excited for this message? Um, I am. And uh, so let me just pray. Lord, I want to do this justice, God. I wanna take your words here, Lord God, and, and speak them through my physical body, my vessel. But Lord, I pray that somehow you would turn them into your words and you would speak to the hearts of people, and the power of Pentecost will affect our lives forever in Jesus' name. Amen. First Corinthians 1:18 says this: the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but for who are being saved, they know it is the very power of God. What is the very power of God? I just told you, tell me what it is. The message of the cross is the very power of God. Now, we come around this service, this Pentecost service, and we celebrate the power of the Holy Spirit coming to a group of people that were really in a service, they're in a meeting, and the Holy Spirit shows up, and we're going to read it in a minute, the, the, how it all unfolded. And we like to call this the power of the Holy Spirit arriving in our midst. And we still have this thought in our um, modern-day Christianity, in our search um, for the power of God in our church services, that it is displayed in similar ways to this. And as true as that is, I want to I show you this morning uh, and, 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 and show you the truth behind that scripture. I've just read out that the true power of God is in the message of the cross. Are you with me? So let's look at it. Acts chapter, let's start at chapter 1. You ready? I always get nervous on Pentecost Sunday. I don't know what it is. I, I, but I, I do have an inkling that um, God wants to show up in a particular way this morning and uh, and affect your life. Maybe even more than just affect your life, but totally revolutionize us. Thank you, Gadget. In... A, Acts chapter 1, Jesus was ascending into heaven. He was leaving. So he died. He'd risen from the grave. He'd spent some time with them, about 40-odd days, and he was about to leave them behind for the final time and go back to be with the Father in heaven. And he gives these words. He says, "'Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift.'" He promised. Now, he promised that. You can read it in in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift, he promised. He was speaking of the person of the Holy Spirit. He was speaking of the gifts that the person of the Holy Spirit carries. They were the gift, he promised. As I told you before, John the Baptist baptized with water, but in just a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Here's a totally new concept to them. They knew baptism of water, they knew what that was about, they they knew what John preached, they knew it well, but Jesus all of a sudden here now sows them a little bit of a a seed as he's leaving. By the way, there's another baptism that's going to happen, it's going to revolutionise your world, it's going to be amazing, it's the gift that the Father has been holding back until this moment, for all of eternity, until this day and age, and you're going to be baptised into it. They would have been in, I don't know, they're excited or nervous or freaked out. You know, they're just I mean, imagine how much stuff they had to come to terms with in the in the times of Jesus. How much he just changed everything, and there was so much shifting going on in people's minds. They they, they knew their culture, they knew the teachings of Moses, they knew how everything was going to go, and then Jesus comes, turns it all upside down, does it in a different way, leads an army without a sword doesn't bring a speck of violence into his ministry, but says he's going to conquer the world. And he's just about to leave them. They thought he was going to lead, them in, lead Israel back into glory, but he's saying, I'm leaving, but the thing you've been waiting for that you haven't even known about yet is about to come as a gift from the Father. So when the apostles were there with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore the kingdom? The Father alone has the authority to set these dates, this is verse 7, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Is anybody here the kind of person that just needs to know why to everything? You just need to know. Before you do anything, you just need to know the background. You need to know what's going to happen around the corner. You need to figure it all out. There's a couple of people. A couple of engineers in the crowd. But here, Jesus says, you will not know the Father's plan. So they're getting nervous right now. But don't worry, because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And and I just want to encourage anybody that's embarking into the unknown, I'm not going to promise that you will know the unknown. But you need to know that you carry the power of the Holy Spirit into the unknown. And that should be reassuring. That should be all the confidence that you need. Okay? I haven't even got to my message yet. We're supposed to be in Acts chapter 2. But you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here it is. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you will go and tell people. Remember what we read in 1 Corinthians, the true power of God is in the message of the cross. So the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you are going to go and tell the message of the cross. It's the outworking of the real power of God. The message of the cross, that Jesus died for you, that God loves you so much that, he, that his eternal sacrifice was given for you, for you to be accepted into the, the house of the Father. That's the message of the cross. No matter what sin you have ever committed, before or will commit, Jesus' sacrifice for you is enough. It's actually more than enough. For you to enter into the presence of the almighty, holy God. That's the message of the cross. It's the power of God, that message. There's no other way you could ever enter his presence without the power of a message like that. Thank you. Now we can go to Acts chapter 2. I've got someone on side with me this morning. Let's read it on uh, chapter one, the Holy Spirit comes. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Hold on, let's just stop. I've got a whole chapter to get through, but this is key. Let me read that again, because some of you have heard this a million times that it hadn't even sunk in yet. Some of you are looking up there on the screen, you've read that line four times already in the last five seconds. Like, what's he going on? On the day of Pentecost, all, say all, all the believers were meeting together in one place. There was a gathering that included all of the believers in one place. Interesting. All of the, not, not the ones that didn't have a party on that day. Not the ones that had plans on and something else was going on. But all of the believers were gathered in one place. And it triggers the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Now, I'm not going to be up here being legalistic and tell you what to do, but I just found that fascinating. I think that they say it's about 10 days between the time Jesus left, the ascension, until now, Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, 10 days. And I wonder if that was always the designated amount God was waiting for, the 10th day. Or maybe, this is just me taking a bit of... Liberty here. Maybe he was just waiting until all of them were gathered together. Otherwise, why would it go ahead and say that? And I just think there's something key in the gathering of everybody, all believers coming together in one place. Now, that's a hard message to preach to this generation, to a modern-day church, isn't it, with busy lives and stuff going on. So I won't preach it. I'll just leave that seed in your minds. Let me repeat. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house that they were sitting. Then what well, looked like flames or tongues of fire Appeared to settle on each of them. And everyone, say everyone, everyone presents. I don't want to be not present when there's a gathering that could trigger an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be not present. I don't know why I'm preaching this. I didn't mean to. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. Who was speaking in other languages? Everybody. Interesting. As the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Verse 5, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken to by the believers. Fascinating. Verse 7, they were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee. Yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, and they start listing all the languages that they come from. There's a lot of them. Verse 12, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all take it back, I skipped a verse, verse 11. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, um, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. I missed that, I shouldn't have missed that. Because that's key. They came running when they heard their language being spoken by some Galileans. They come running, this is amazing. But the Bible says that they were completely amazed that they were speaking in their language about the wonderful things God had done. The message of the cross is what they were speaking. The power of God is what was coming through that they heard and responded to. Peter goes on, he stands up and he preaches to the crowd. He preaches um, on his soapbox. He gets up there and he starts uh, declaring some prophetic words uh, from the book of Joel. The Spirit of the Lord is going to be poured out upon all flesh. He, he, he quotes um, King David. Uh, he speaks of a lot of things. He goes through the the and and really confirms that Jesus is the Messiah. And it says uh, towards the end of chapter 2 that those who believe Peter... Um, believe what Peter said, were baptised and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Now we can get caught up with the creative service that was going on here. We can get caught up in what the flames would have looked like. We can get caught up in the mystery of what that sound was that sounded like the rushing wind. But the The end of this chapter really does show and declare the power of God is in the message of the cross as 3,000 people were added that day. I want to suggest to you that if the 3,000 were not added that day, was there really any power of God? Or was it just all lights and smoke machines? Because the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But for us who are being saved, it is the very power of God. Through Peter's declaration of of the the message of the cross and what that means to you people out there listening. Through that declaration, the power of God was given and responded to and 3,000 people were added that day. Amazing. That's what I want to focus on this morning. Not so much the the tangible stuff that we like to imagine we have in our services. I imagine that's the wrong word. Um, Forgive me, Lord. (laughs) But uh, sometimes we focus on this so much that we forget that the power of God is in the declaration of the cross that somebody receives And their life is changed. 3,000 people had their lives changed. 3,000 people had their lives changed. Do you know how hard it is to change a person? Do you know how how hard it is to change a person's mindsets? A person's, you know, ruts or a person's way of thinking? You can't change a person. You only need to look at somebody's Facebook to see that, that they follow other people that are like minded down certain tracks, and you're never going to. Somebody else comes in from another track and says, Hey, have you thought about all this? Oh, I'm not following them, I'm following these people because I'm stuck in my ways. Yeah? We get so narrow minded and we've done it all before and we've learned from history, supposedly, and we're stuck in our ways. But I want to declare this morning that the true power of God is in the ability to change a person. If these 3,000 people were not changed, if they did not receive the message that Peter spoke of, I'm curious to know if we would class this day as a day that held the power of God. Interesting. Man, it's hot in here. Is anyone else hot in here? Need the wind of the Holy Spirit. Cool us down. So, Peter stands up and declares it now i want to I just want to think stop and think about how would this how would this be portrayed in our day because i 've seen people stand up on a soapbox declaring the so called message of the cross, only to find that i 've never seen somebody respond positively to that i 've never seen somebody open up their heart to somebody who's been out on the street corner like Peter would have been saying, hey, you need to repent. I've never seen that turn into anything. Maybe you have and maybe there's been an exception. Maybe you were saved like that. I'm not sure. But I'm convinced that in this day and age, in our culture, in Australia, we need to find the way of declaring the message of the cross because it is the thing that contains the power of God, and we need to find successful methods, strategies, things like that. I'm here to suggest to you today that one of the key strategies and gifts that God has given us is the gift, you ready, of hospitality. Dan said it when he was speaking about Sri Lanka, that in a moment of need, you can you imagine somebody getting up and just declaring the Word of God in that situation? They don't care for the Word of God right there and there. They're hungry, they're wet, they're cold, they've got nothing, they're worried about their children, they haven't seen them for a, year, for a week. Are you serious? They need somebody to come in and show some hospitality, show some love, show some support. Yeah? In the giving of hospitality, I want to suggest to you, in our day and age, in our culture, the act of hospitality is the soapbox for us to stand upon and bring the power of the message of the cross. No one cares what you know until they know how much you care. You've heard that. In our culture, I believe it's done best through relationship, through Long, through time and observation. This is what I've found. I don't know if you've found anything different in this country. It only seems to happen through time and observation, somebody observing you or your life and, and picking up little things along the way. Undeserved love given to somebody shocks them into a place where they may be ready to hear the message of the cross, which is the power of God. Message doesn't change, the power of God doesn't change, but it seems to be that people need to be in a place to receive the power of God. These people were hungry for it, they knew it. They knew the scriptures, they were, they were, they'd heard about this Messiah, they'd seen some of the things Jesus did, so they were ready and they were hungry and they wanted to know answers. Our our friends and our family aren't like that, are they? You know, crazy to think. That even if Peter was here himself could stand up and do that today and see 3,000 people in Bateman's Bay save like that. But it worked for him in that day and age. But I believe that one of our greatest tools this day is hospitality and love and acceptance and grace and forgiveness. Things like that. Romans 12, 13 says this, Always be eager to practice hospitality. Now, this is one thing that we want to get better at as a church. This is one thing we need to get better at as individuals, that we take upon ourselves the onus, that we need to help people get to a place where the the greatest message ever given that contains the power of God in it is received well. So we're, 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 getting, we're embarking on a few new things in this church, and um, I just want to um, fill you in. We've been doing a lot of things in the background. Dan's been very busy, very active, and we, we're going to step up our ability to be hospitable, because if somebody walks in these doors, they don't they are needing the message and the power of the cross in their life, right? I'm not denying that. That's what they need. But unless they're in a place to hear and receive it, even the, whole, the power of God is useless to them. Are you getting me? I'm sorry if my, my words aren't serving me correct. So, so we've got some visitors packs up there anyway, and they've got a big sticker on them that say, "Welcome." I want you guys to be uh, the most friendly people in the world. If somebody was to walk in through these doors, you are going to create a soapbox for the message of God to be preached from. If people are comfortable, if people feel loved, if people are overwhelmed with acceptance, yeah? Because we need that sort of thing. So I'm just going to quickly run through a few things we've been working on. Um, So in that, you'll find these brochures which tell people a little bit about us. This one is um, about our Beyond program and what we focus on as a church outside of these four walls. And there's a bit of a write-up on there for, for new people to see what we're about. On the back, it talks about the Apostolic Church, which is our movement we are connected to, it gives them a brief outline of the, the history of it, and uh, a website that they can go on to, um, to find out more information. Who knows that the power of Christ is not in this stuff? but it just helps people to get ready to receive the powerful message of Christ. Another one in there has our, um, what we believe and we stand for, our culture, in other words, a church without walls. And it describes in a paragraph what that means. It also has a beautiful picture of myself and Cassie on the back. It says, meet the leaders, and it tells people a little bit about us. They tell me that most people... Um, Go to a church or at least return to a church for two reasons. They like the music and they like the pastor. Win-win in this place, right? Yeah. (laughs) The music's great. Yeah. (laughs) We also have these little business cards. Now, they're up the back, and you can just hand them out to anybody you've never met before. On the back, um, for all our hipsters uh, that are visiting our church, is a QR code. Have I said that right? QR code. Now, some of you are like, what? Is that the mark of the beast or what? What's going on there? Well, a lot of people these days have an app in their phone and they can just scan that QR code and it goes to a website and a lot of marketing um, businesses use it for ordering products and things like that. Well, that goes straight to our website which um, contains all the information I just showed you as well as any up-to-date programs we have on and things like that. Dan's going to flick up live if we can do this to our website. Some of you have never ever seen our website um, it's southland.org.au. So good that we got that name. There's quite a few Southlands out there, but we got it, and um, it's really cool. Is, we, is this going to happen? Here we go. It's got our homepage. Hey, there's a photo over there of the men's breakfast we just had on yesterday. But here we are. It tells us a little bit about us. Um, on one one side over there is our social media links. So we've got Facebook and we've got Instagram, things like that. You click into that. Um, In the center there, it has our podcast. There's our recent messages that have been preached. You can just click on those and it'll go to a link and you can listen to it live. How cool is that, this modern day and age? So good. What else we got there, Dan? Podcast, I just mentioned that. Were you listening? (laughs) Okay, there you go. That's how. If you're trying to find the, the message I preached last Pentecost Sunday to see if I'm just preaching the same message, you can check it out. On there. Hey, there's our email, people can contact us. Let's go up to the menus up there. So home and welcome about us, lots of information about us. What's on? It's um, just things that are coming up. The Olive Tree Cafe tells about the, um, the, the, the building we have there and things that are happening in there. Ways that you can give. This is a very common thing people are looking for these days because putting money in a basket these days seems to be outdated and out of fashion. And um, a lot of people in these day and age can just click onto there, go straight into our banking details and they're welcome to do that. And our building project as well. So if you're ever interested where we're at with that, that gets updated fairly regularly and as the build starts that'll be updated even more Um, and that actually helps because we've got a whole lot of people in our community that want to know what's happening with this building that's going up in their subdivision and they're curious so that's there for them to see who knows we need to be like this because we contain the most powerful message in history that's going to set people free but unless we can get on a platform that helps people ready to, to hear the message, it's useless. So we're going to spend a fair bit of time to become the most hospitable church in the area. Does that sound okay? And uh, we need to get better at that. So if you see somebody here that is, not, that is fairly new or first time, or you've never even said hello to them, don't assume somebody else has gone up and got them a visitor's pack. Uh, go and give that to them. Um, the, up there, we've got, even got our own pens now. You seen those, Mace? We've got our own pens. They say Southland on them. South, they're a different church. Southland, we just stole them from that church. <laughs> just kidding. They're ours. Got our logo on there. And, and up there also to go with it is a card of um, people's Um, that they can fill out their name, their email, their phone number, whatever it is. And every time a new person comes to this church, they're going to be handed by either you or me a little card that says, hey, we'd love to get your details just to bless you, get in contact with you if, if, if that's okay. Just fill it out here and pop it in the offering. It's that simple. You've now been educated on how to have a conversation with a new person. No excuses, right? Anyway. That's all good. That's all there for you. That was just a bit of a sidetrack of my message this morning. But Romans twelve thirteen says, Always be eager to practice hospitality. Let's get better at doing this. It positions people to hear the message of the cross, which is the power of God. It's the only message that's going to change somebody. Now, you need to hear me loud and clear. Hospitality will not change somebody's eternity. Like We're dreaming if we think that's all it takes. If we're just a church who is the most hospitable, we have the greatest music, we have the best-looking pastor. If you think that's all we have, it's not going to change someone's eternity. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. The only thing to change someone's eternity is the power of the, cro- the message of the cross that we profess. You with me? God doesn't need an atmosphere to move, but often people do. You hear that? God doesn't need an atmosphere, but often people do to be soft enough, ready to hear the message that's going to change their life. I had uh, dinner with some friends of mine, this is going back um, a couple of months, but it came to mind as I was preparing this message, and they, they're they Italians, and English is their second language, and um, it's fine when it's just me and one of them, we speak English, that's fine, but we went out to dinner, and there were more Italians than there were Aussies, so people speaking English, right? And so Cass and I was there, looking forward to a great night, but I found throughout the night that um, they would speak English a lot just to include us, but there were times that they spoke to each other in Italian. You know that I felt in that moment, I was happy that they're Italian, go for it. What I felt in that moment isolated from their conversation. Are you with me? No disrespect to them, they're great people. But they were in their own conversation and I felt like, an outcast. Here we have on the day of Pentecost, the day recognized when the power of God comes to the earth in a greater way than ever in history. People are hearing the message of the cross in their own native language. Interesting. How inclusive is that? That's hospitality. That is... That is that is the Holy Spirit wanting to let these people know that you are included. You are relevant here. I care for you. You don't have to learn the Jewish language. You don't have to learn the Jewish ways. You can come as you are. And the first time that we see the, power, the, the Holy Spirit outpoured on the earth is such an inclusive time for everybody out there. I think hospitality goes hand in hand with the preaching of the most powerful message in the world, the message of the cross. I've been all over the place this morning. I'm going to just skip to my conclusion. Amen. He wants me to skip to my conclusion. Thanks, Wayne. I love you, Wayne. You are such good value, mate. (laughs) Peter and John and the others, they went from this place. They went from this service that involved the signs and wonders that came with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They went from this place, they preached. The message of the cross. They walked to and from the temple and they healed people along the way. This was the start of what seemed to be what the, the, the church, the Lord always dreamed of, was all about. People that came together, everyone in one place, where the Holy Spirit's anointing could be poured out. But then went from there... And saw thousands of people saved. The message proclaimed all over the place in every nation, tribe and tongue, to this day right around the world. Like it didn't stay in that place. They could have easily stayed in that place and talked about the tongues of fire on each other's head. Yours is nice, Susan. I love that. the the shape of that fire. It's it's gorgeous. And oh, did you feel that? Isn't it fantastic? I'm all for that. Absolutely. you got to hear me. I'm all for that. But the power of God had not been engaged yet until they stepped foot outside that building and they started to declare the message of the cross, that it can heal you, can make you saved, it can make you whole, set you free. And the power of God started to flow, the very power of God through that message. Peter and John, they healed the man at the gate. Come on, I don't silver or gold, we don't have, come on, you can stand up. This is the message we have. This is all we can offer you. And who knows, it was the power of God set him free. He got saved. That's not my conclusion. As we become people without walls, stepping out of this place, we become a church without walls. Let's invade our community with the love of God through one-on-one encounters. Because our culture is responsive when they sense love and acceptance knowing they are safe they will not be judged and the power of God is able to do what it's supposed to do and that's change a person who is never going to change any other way if we want to be a church without walls connected to our community with no divides then let's be people With no walls around our Christianity. Let's let our Christianity be without borders, not confined to Sunday morning service. Church without walls doesn't necessarily mean a church full of community based programs, but rather a group of people that deliberately carry the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit into their world, delivered on the soapbox of hospitality. And love, Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Can I? I just made that up on the spot. How am I supposed to repeat that? You can gonna have to go on the website, listen to the podcast. But let me be clear. I am so into the Holy Spirit being amongst us in our gathering times. I'm so into that. And I sensed this morning that He wanted to set people free. He wanted people to be changed. And any time you were being changed, that's the power of God. It takes the power of God to change a person, especially some stubborn people like the ones I'm looking at right now. It takes the the power of God (laughs) to make a change, doesn't it? Just close your eyes. This is, this is what I sense that the Lord wanted to do this morning. I sensed that there was somebody here. It wouldn't surprise me if there's more than one, but at least one person that needs to be set free from confusion right now. Confusion in your mind. You are battling in your mind. I'm not saying you've done the wrong thing, but... I don't know how this works, but I believe that a spirit of confusion has been hanging around your mind. I want to set you free from that this morning. I want the Lord to set you free from that this morning. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the power of Pentecost. We believe in the outworkings of the Holy Spirit. We so do. And in this moment and in this atmosphere, God's going to set you free from that so that you can be more effective to go and preach the message of the cross. Does is, is anyone want to respond to that so I know who I'm praying to? Thank you, One, Anybody else? I just need to know who I'm praying for. You may even have somebody in your family. You know this is for them. Just stand in the gap and put your hand up and I'll pray for them. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I believe God showed me this because it's supposed to break this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us. Not in heaven, but you left heaven to be here with us. And we are gathered together. We are all believers in this place. And we know that that triggers something for you. And you are free to come and free to move. I pray. That would be like tongues of fire coming upon these ones right now. That they'd be experiencing a breakthrough in this area of confusion. We pray in the name of Jesus for people to be set free. And I come against this spirit of confusion in the name of Jesus. And I tell you to be removed from their mind, removed away from them in Jesus' name. They are off limits to you from this moment on. As people are being set free right now, they're going to carry the message of the cross to change the world around them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, while we're on a roll, is it, uh, forgetting confusion? There's something else that's stopping people this morning, and you, it's holding you back from being a great deliverer of the greatest message ever to be preached—the power of God. Is—is is there anybody else? You don't have to tell me what it is. I just want to pray for you. Something's holding you back. Something's stopping you. Again, just show me who you are. Let's pray together. Okay, this one, two. Okay. Thank You, Lord. I pray right now throughout this whole room, in this atmosphere where Your Spirit is free to move, I pray for a real setting free, a breaking of yokes in the name of Jesus. I am sure that every single person in that meeting place, in that upper room, all 120 of them, all of them who were speaking in other languages, all of them that were experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit, I believe that every single one of them went out and changed their world. And I pray for these two, Lord, that are in this service. I pray that they experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now. Just lift your hands up if you feel comfortable. Open your heart. God is pouring out His Spirit upon you right now. I don't want to try to describe it. It's far too personal. But it's going to set you free. It's going to set you free. I pray freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. You carry the greatest message of all. And I pray that you'd be free to deliver that to your world around you, to your family life, to your spouse, to your kids, to your parents, to your friends. Thank you. One thing I'm convinced of is that we were never meant to leave the gathering place the same. That gathering place that drew the Holy Spirit. I mean, if we leave the same, what's the evidence of the power of God? The power of God is the message to change a person. And I just pray that you you are leaving change this morning. um, and, uh, And I wouldn't mind if you... As we close the service, if you wanted me to stand and pray with you, breakthrough over any particular area in your life, I'd love to do that. Um, but we're going to close the service. But I don't want you leaving with something that you brought, a burden that you brought in this morning that you need to break through. In this is this is what he does when we come together. This is why he pours himself out on the gathering so that we can leave free and leave able to preach to our thousand, three thousand people. You know what I'm saying? Like this is why we get together for Him to pour out His anointing upon us. So if if you have any sort of need, uh, I don't want you to leave with that need. I want you to be empowered to tackle that this week. Amen. Have a great week. If that's you, come now. If it's not, have uh, find some sun out there. Um, try and turn it up by the time I get out there so it's nice and warm and Have a cup of tea, have a coffee, be hospitable, pour out some love on somebody here this morning. Inclusive church, amen. Amen. Okay, have a great one.